This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. G'day, Emma Graney here. I cover politics for the Edmonton Journal. I hope you've been enjoying our special series on how the Alberta election was won and lost. Now, during the election, I was following around the UCP the entire time. My legislative colleague, Claire Clancy, Clancy as I like to call her, she was the one following around the NDP for the month of the election. Hi Clancy, great to have you here. Hi Emma. So I'm going to leave you guys with Clancy who's going to talk you through exactly how the NDP managed to lose the election. Friends, I believe... The change has finally come to Alberta. That was Rachel Notley's victory speech after the NDP won the 2015 election. The 44-year progressive conservative dynasty was over, leaving the party in tatters with only nine seats to the NDP's 54. The other conservative party under Brian Jean, the Wild Rose, formed the opposition with 21 seats. We're going to look at how we went from that NDP surprise win to this. As proud as I am of our record, the fact is, the people of Alberta have spoken. Democracy is our absolute highest value, and I accept their decision. Now, I have just spoken to Premier-elect Jason Kenney, and I, and I have offered him my sincere congratulations. I'm Claire Clancy, and I write about politics for the Edmonton Journal. From the Press Gallery, you're listening to a special series on how the Alberta election was won and lost. Chapters 1 and 2 are already live on our feed. You should definitely go and listen. You can subscribe to the Press Gallery on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening now. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review, and please tell your friends about us. In Chapter 3, we are going to consider the NDP side of the campaign. Campaigns matter, but sometimes they matter less, and it's really not clear that the NDP could have done anything different. Well, honestly, I think the NDP was the underdog in this 2019 election almost from the moment that the 2015 results were announced. That's Keith Durine. He's a politics columnist for the Journal. This motivated the conservative groups in the province, and when they united in 2017 into the United Conservative Party, that made Notley's job that much harder. And it didn't take long for conservative groups to begin mobilizing. In November 2015, the NDP introduced the controversial Bill 6, which overhauled farm safety rules. Proposed changes would remove the exemption of the farm and ranch industry from occupational health and safety, employment standards, and labor relations legislation. Bill 6 also... The blowback was immediate. Protests were organized all over the province. Around a thousand people showed up at the legislature at the end of November, and as many as 300 showed up again just a few weeks later. We got people from Warner, we got people five hours north of Peace River that came down the night before to attend. Uh, this affects everybody's life and it's going to affect their life for the next three and a half years, if not longer. So, Farmers drove into Edmonton on tractors. Livestock were a common sight. 
The NDP eventually backed down and promised amendments, exempting family farms without employees from the law but making workers' compensation board insurance coverage for paid farm and ranch workers mandatory. But to be perfectly clear, this legislation, Bill 6, does not and was never intended to interfere with families' ability to teach their children about farming and to pass on their way of life. I want farmers and ranchers to know that this legislation will not prevent neighbours from volunteering to help each other out. The legislation will not regulate... The pushback against Bill 6 is instructive. It might have just been written off as a clumsy rookie government failing to anticipate opposition and botching how the bill was rolled out. But it showed that Conservatives in Alberta were capable of organizing against the NDP. It also highlighted just how angry some people were. Much of the opposition to Bill 6 was well-intentioned, but some of it was quite nasty. Social media was littered with death threats against then-NDP Premier Rachel Notley. Here's a sample from CTV Lethbridge's Facebook page in December 2015. Burn down Parliament and put a pitchfork through Notley's neck, wrote one poster. Maybe we need to go back to the Old West and just shoot her already, wrote another. This sort of thing was posted over and over and over again. In fact, in 2016, there were 412 reported threats against Notley. I think it's a very small group of people who are not uh, engaging in an appropriate uh, form of dialogue. And uh, I think they are, it's very small and it's regrettable. But as I've said, it in no way, shape or form reflects the vast, vast majority of Albertans, including farmers, including farmers who disagree with us. That's not them. And this is in Alberta. And, and this is the NDP's four years in government was marred by ongoing economic concerns and the conservative base uniting around Jason Kenney, who's now premier. The NDP faced opposition to its flagship climate leadership plan, which included the recently scrapped provincial carbon tax. Notley also focused on the beleaguered Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, a project she has called the fight of her life over and over again. Friends, mark my words. This pipeline will get built. It has been the fight of my life, and I will not stop until the job is done. We need. But the pipeline continued to be blocked by delays. As the 2019 campaign got underway, the economy remained at the top of Albertans' minds. But the NDP simultaneously raised social issues in the hopes of undercutting Kenny's popularity. For example, the NDP created a campaign video about Jason Kenny's time in San Francisco. It was billed as a documentary and came along with ominous music. They're having a sense that I had a vocation to be engaged in what some people have described as the culture wars. Culture wars, what the Pope described... In the video, Kenny touted his work with a group in the late 1980s to successfully overturn a law giving hospital visitation rights to gay couples during the AIDS epidemic in San Francisco. Again, here's a clip from the NDP campaign video. I decided in part to go to school in this crazy place, San Francisco, which is sometimes known as Babylon by the Bay or uh, Sodom by the Sea. Um, uh, I became president of the pro-life group in my uh, campus and uh, um, helped to lead a, a, a ultimately successful initiative petition, which led to a ref- referendum which overturned the first uh, gay spousal law in North America. 
Another social issue that was raised was around gay-straight alliances in Alberta schools. We'll proclaim the Education Act taking effect on September the 1st of this year. So when Jason Kenney said he wanted to proclaim the Education Act, replacing the School Act, that would be a way for him to roll back some of the protections that the NDP introduced uh, for students in GSAs and LGBTQ student and staff in Alberta schools. That's Janet French, the Edmonton Journal's education reporter. And he would do that without having to go through the optics of repealing Bill 24, which was a 2017 bill in which the NDP brought in uh, extra protections for LGBTQ students and plugged some of the loopholes that were in the existing law um, where students said the protections were falling short. During the campaign, protests were organized in Calgary and Edmonton. Community members at the protests were concerned that changes under a UCP government would lead to less protections for gay-straight alliances. The debate around GSAs took to social media with people on all sides getting involved and igniting the flame. And the UCP had numerous problem candidates. There was Kaylin Ford, a star candidate for Calgary Mountain View who quit the race after online posts surfaced where she suggested white supremacist terrorists are treated unfairly. Are you ready to fight for an Alberta where there's no place for racism or white nationalism, where the only thing that matters is the content of your character? And Mark Smith, now a backbench UCP MLA for Drayton Valley, Devon, who faced backlash for a homophobic and hurtful sermon he made in 2013. What is love? You know, uh, it's all around you. I think there's a, a real misguided sense of when we try to understand what love is. Um, you know, we were just at the pro-life conference here, and there are some people that would argue that it is a more loving thing to abort your child than to bring it in unloved into the world. That's love. It's loving to abort your child, to kill your child, rather than to have it born and maybe not have a perfect life. I mean, Robert Latimer murdered his, his daughter and called it love. You don't have to watch any TV for any length of time today where you don't see on the TV programs them trying to tell you that homosexuality and homosexual love is good love. Heck, there are even people out there. I could take you, I could take you to places... Uh, on the website, I'm sure, where you could find out that there's a, that where, where pedophilia is, is love. Kenny gave an interview to radio host Charles Adler with Global News, whose segment on the issue was immensely popular as he pointedly asked Kenny about why he continued to stand by Smith as a candidate. I, I know I sound like I'm in your grill, but I've considered you a friend for a long time, and I know you're an intelligent person and you're politically very astute. Don't you realize that right now, people are screaming back at the radio, and they're saying people who hate LGBT people are highly attracted to the party and running for the party, but the people who are LGBT people, the targets of the hatred, they're not running for the party. 
Uh, that's not true. I'm sorry, Charles. Uh, maybe you didn't hear what I just said, which is that we had openly gay Albertans seeking UCP right. nomination. But none of, them are, none of them are up for election right now as members of the UCP. Not a single Charles, one. Uh, not everybody who ran for, we had over 340 people running for nominations, and only 87 of them uh, were nominated. But the, here's the point. I actively, proactively reached out to gay Albertans to, to encourage them to seek nominations. And uh, I know of at least three who did, including a member of my staff. And I, we want to continue to encourage that active participation, including through LGB Tory, which is very active in our party. Uh, but Charles... Uh, to coming back to Mr. Smith, to be clear, I condemn his remarks. I find them offensive. Uh, but he's running for you, Mr. Kenny. So, Charles... The condemnation doesn't mean anything because he's running for you. Charles, since he was elected... And, of course, there is the ongoing investigation into the 2017 UCP leadership race, which we discussed in Chapter 2. The NDP and Rachel Notley repeatedly tried to make social issues the focus of the campaign, as well as arguing that a UCP government would harm education and health. Friends, the choice could not be clearer. Mr. Kenny's plan comes down to this. His plan for the economy hand out the biggest corporate tax cut in history. His plan for diversification, ignore it. His plan for health care, privatize it. His plan for education, cut it. His plan for new infrastructure, toll it. His plan for our democracy, sell it, break it, and lie about it. And the NDP created at least three attack websites, publishing information about Kenny's record while he was an MP in Ottawa, and arguing that he failed to address important social issues. In the House of Commons in 2011, 12, and 13, he voted against recognition and rights for transgender Canadians. That's not very long ago. but uh, Towards the end of the campaign, Notley started spending more time in Calgary, where it was clear that the big issues of concern to voters remained pipeline access, and the economy. Calgary, for both Notley and Kenny at the end of the election, was the battleground. Hello, Calgary! The NDP strategy did seem to be working somewhat, with polls tilting in their direction after social issues were brought up over and over again. Just need to check in there. But you know, some people are saying Alberta is a conservative po- uh, province, but you know what? It's, it's not, because the fact is Alberta doesn't belong to anyone but to Albertans. And that's why Alberta elections have a way of surprising people. And you know what? I think this one will too. But ultimately, most voters just didn't seem to care. People continue to flock to the UCP under Jason Kenney in spite of all of this because their focus was the economy and they continued to believe Jason Kenney's promises for more job creation across the province. For example, my colleague, city columnist Elise Stolte, went to Drayton Valley. That's the riding where Mark Smith was running. He had made the homophobic comments in a 2013 sermon. What I found was that the only people for whom those social issues were really resonating was people who had a personal connection to the issue. So I talked to one person who had come out as lesbian about four years ago, and for her, she was really struggling because she had been planning to vote UCP. She saw that as the best way to secure good jobs for a community that she cares really much about. Um, but when that came up, she was like, yeah, this isn't just about feeding my family. So she was really on the fence. Um, 
But when I talked to her, she had been planning to take a look at the Freedom Conservatives. I didn't find anybody really talking about the NDP. When I talked to other people, I went to the auction and to some of the oil and gas businesses. The sense that I got from them was that it wasn't their issue. During her four years in government, Premier Rachel Notley focused on a centrist economic message. She sounded as pro-oil as any conservative premier before her. Albertans, British Columbians, and all Canadians should understand that if the path forward for the pipeline through BC is not settled soon, I am ready and prepared to turn off the taps. With pipeline capacity stretched... But going into the campaign period, there were still no shovels in the ground for Trans Mountain, and job numbers continued to lag. Keith Durine again. This is still a very conservative province, and so to try to get re-elected after a surprise victory in 2015, which was really one for the ages, I think they lost this election almost as soon as the Conservative Party is united. That sealed it, but it would have been very difficult even despite that. Conventional wisdom tells politicians to get their most controversial policies out of the way early on in their mandate. But for Rachel Notley, that didn't work. Bill 6, the farm safety legislation, and the carbon tax were both introduced in the fall of 2015. And those were still major concerns for voters four years later. And we all know how that turned out. The NDP were reduced to 24 seats and became the official opposition. Next week, my lovely colleague Emma Graney will be back to talk more about how the UCP campaigned and why it worked. So, oh, um, I did write a kind of tongue-in-cheek um, story the other day about you being a goat whisperer. Do you? <laughs> are you? Uh, I, 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 no comment. <laughs> That's a pretty good photo, though. I was trying to get a little lick or something, a little love from the goat, and all I got was just ignored. Politicians don't like being ignored, do they? No, it's just a terrible, it's the worst thing to do to us.